drinking, bro. Put down the water and grab a fucking drink. We're missing a, a few of our guys, but we did bring in a few others. It's it's National Taco Day. Did you did you do something, Rocco? Did you? <laughs> well, this is kind of awkward. Did you invite somebody Taco. else of Mexican descent into the booth tonight? Well, well, we we brought some Hispanics, obviously, in the room, but uh, I brought yes. the family. Did you really? Yes. Who's who's all I here? Did. Who's all here tonight? Uh, well, today uh, we did. My nephew's in the room. He won't be on the show. He's just hanging out. But my brother, uh, Carlos Vargas Jr., uh, you'll be. I'll be referencing him throughout the day uh, as Junior. He's here. He's a firefighter, also an ex underground rapper. Uh, he's, yo, 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 he, yo! What's up, my new? <laughs> so he's here, and as well as my father, he's here in the room. Obviously, a 31 year LA City firefighter and uh, also a well known cut man in the boxing industry, as well as. Other martial arts. Right on. Rocco snuck us across the border. We're good. <laughs> Damn. He's the Puerto Rican. He's the Puerto Rican in the household. So. Weird oh shit. Maybe that. he he knows those warfighter tobacco guys. You know. Yeah. <laughs> we got that. <laughs> they, they're, they're, no, they're from the Dominican Republic. I don't look. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm white, and I just called all Latin countries the same. <laughs> like already off the bat. Already we off the top we of the show. Well, welcome, guys. Uh, it is a thank you. It's a pleasure What's to have you. There, What's going on down there, Ross? Oh man, I'm trying to stay safe from this hurricane. Uh, oh, that's right. That's they, right. You do have a hurricane going on right now. We we weren't supposed to, and then all of a sudden on the news they were like, "Stock up now. It's frozen. It's gonna move up the coast." So Close the uh, shutters. My parents are in Florida. Um, uh, I'm in North Carolina right now, so it's supposed to hit my parents. Maybe tomorrow, and then go all the way up the coast, all the way to New Jersey. Oh, uh, and I, I've already lost one. I, I used to have a, a house on Long Beach Island, New Jersey, and I and I lost it in Hurricane Sandy. So if I lose Jeez. another fucking house again to a hurricane, <laughs> not good. Oh. You'll be homeless. You, you might don't. need to come to the West Coast, brother. Yeah. I, well, we'll see. When I was out west, we had a lot of earthquakes. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you what know what's funny? I just saw in the news that California's under earthquake warning. Yeah. Yeah, for uh, San Bernardino. Yeah, they're, they're due for a big one. Yeah, they're, they're due for a real big one out there. I'm glad I left that place. That's one of the scariest things we've ever experienced. Yeah, Man, there was, a, there was a big one right when I got there. I want to say it was around 2000, and uh, it was about 2 in the no. morning. About 2 in the morning. Here's the beauty of it. I walked into a party. I opened the door, and I'm just standing in the doorway, and the entire house shook. The party stopped and stared at me, and, and all I could do was like, I'm here. And it was like, luckily, it was like laughter. But uh, inside, I was like, "What the fuck is that?" I, I didn't know what an earthquake was. Um, Dude, we were we were we were there in uh, was ninety four ninety four ninety four the big one, and we were actually oh, big one, we yeah. lived in San, yeah we lived in San Fernando, and that was what an experience that was for oh, us. Jeez, oh two my. miles from the epicenter. Yeah. Oh crazy. boy, did you guys? Was uh, things flying off the shelf and? Oh, dude, oh, yeah. so it was crazy. So my father came into the room trying to grab me. I couldn't get out of the bed because I kept getting knocked back into the bed. I jumped on his back. He had my mom in his arms. We're running. I'm looking to the left. I'm seeing bottles of wine fly out of the freaking cabinets into the floor. The, 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 the television stand was flying down. Dogs are shitting everywhere because they're scared out of their minds. I think my dad had four kids on his back running outside. Yeah, yeah right? It was like, <laughs> the firefighter came out, and he just started grabbing people and running. Rescue. It was wild, man. Man. Yeah, so we'll see what happens with, with, with his hurricane. Um, but I, I, I look. I, if if it hits here, I'm going live from the eye of it on Facebook. So uh, at least you can see oh, my final hours. Wild. Yeah, that's gonna be wild, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring a handgun, a bottle of whiskey, and it's me versus the hurricane. I'll send the wife and kid inland, uh, and I'm just gonna ride it out. I'm gonna ride just it keep out. Cigar lit, man. Just yeah, cigar nobody's lit. taking yeah. my fucking house again. I've already lo- I've already lost one. Uh, I don't deserve to lose the second one. Uh, Make well, sure you take it. Let's get Make into sure this. You take kids. your boogie board. Yeah, I know. I'm going to sure take a boogie board, board uh, a, a scuba <laughs> mask. I'm going to be doing snorkel shots all day. It's going to be a whole thing at my house. Um, but uh, but let, hey, let's dive in because I'm 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 amped that you guys are here. I've never met you in real life. Uh, we get a we get a few sponsors who actually pay me and Rocco to do a show. You believe that? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Uh, the first one is uh, is Havenlock. Um, this is this is a wild one. This is a new one to the show. Uh, when you lock your doors at night, what goes through your head? It only takes three kicks to get through a door with a locked deadbolt. Are you really that safe? Is your family that safe? Haven Mech is a new door lock that is ten times stronger than a deadbolt. It will take over fifty kicks without failing. Haven Mech 
prevents break-ins from happening. Use the promo code DRINKINBROS and get a special one-time offer of 10% off of all your fucking locks. Uh, again, we've had a, we, we issued a challenge, uh, Rocco and I, on the, on the last two shows that if somebody puts a Haven mech on their door and that you can kick through it in under 50. We'll, we'll throw it up on the Instagram and uh, we'll do some, we'll, we'll do, we'll have some, some myth busters in to, uh, to really break shit down. Uh, but they're combat owns. Uh, they raised over a hundred grand on Kickstarter. Um, they're, they're veteran owns. Uh, I don't know if we don't know how hard that Kickstarter is. And for them to be able to raise that much, it's obviously a product that people stand behind. The lock must right? be the shit. Yeah. I mean, it, right. it, it must be like incredible. I don't um, want to get arrested. It's just a test, right? It's just a test. Okay. Yeah. Don't just want... go find someone door and try and kick it yeah, in. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> just try, to... try and kick it in. Uh, but they are veteran owned. I, I, I don't know if they were in combat or not. Maybe they were. Maybe they weren't. Uh, does, it doesn't say. But either way, go to havenlock.com. Uh, buy this lock. Test this out. I've, I've got one on my door. It's, it's incredible. Um, luckily, nobody's tested it out yet. Um, but, uh, hey, Ross. Ross, you kick, it, you kick the door under 50 kicks. Somebody shoots you. And so no one, nobody knows about it. You're telling three Mexicans this. I know. Go, go, go I know, right? We're gonna start kick. We're gonna start kicking doors in and test this thing. There's there, there's a lot of shit I shouldn't be telling Mexicans. I have a feeling tonight. <laughs> so um, next ne- next up, oh, it's it's an old favorite to the show. It, it's an oldie, but it's a goodie. Fall is here, kids, which means that football and hunting season are upon us. Maybe a real shitty hunter, and the day you come home with venison will be the day the Jaguars win the Super Bowl. That's okay. <laughs> Look, you can make up from your own, your own incredible lack of manliness by grabbing another man's salami. We're talking about Carnivore Club. Uh, <laughs> Carnivore Club. Man, I missed that. I know. They'll, they'll mail you a box of meat so fucking tasty, you'll forget your grandma's apple pie recipe uh, every, <laughs> even ever existed. Um, and I, I bet your grandma has probably got more deer in her meat uh, freezer than you do. Uh, the best part is they're giving <laughs> us a new promo code to give to you guys. So if you've already used the Drinking Bros promo code, you can get another another box of Carnivore Club for another 10% off just because they're fucking awesome like that. Go to carnivoreclub.co, that's C-O, and sign up. Use the promo code MANUP, one word, and get 10% off nice. your order. I like that. Nice. Changing yeah, it up I, to manup. Yeah, we, so I explained to my dad and my brother here is like they send you a box, and it has like probably four or five different meats in there. And they're they're amazing. I mean, we've gotten chorizo, we've gotten some freaking uh, what else? Salamis, like everything. It's out. Oh uh, yeah, boxes. spicy spreadable pork. Uh, yeah. God damn, you name it. Um, I mean, I dude, I got a I got a pepperoni stick bigger than my own, which was almost a goddamn miracle. <laughs> um, I mean, I, like, I I couldn't believe because like media, right? No, no. Like well, look, you you want to talk about trying to get through a door? That's probably the only thing that'll get through that Haven lock is uh is. Is is my old pepperoni stick? Uh, I bet you that's under fifty. Bet you that's that under sounds 50, dangerous. Right, right, goddamn now. You know what I'm saying? I slang that thing over my shoulder like I'm Bam Bam from the Flintstones. Uh, <laughs> man, I got a lot thing. of energy tonight. You know where that energy is coming do. from? It's coming from Strike Force energy. Yeah. yeah, it's the tastiest, tiniest little tin pouch full of energy drink. Uh, that, that you can put right, you squeeze it right into a can, right into waters, right into liquors. Uh, it goes into anything. Kick the can. We're talking about Strike Force Energy. Um, they, you know, if you go there, you can you can type in the promo code Drinking Bros. Uh, you get twenty percent off of every single order. They ship everywhere in the entire world, and they will be at Freedom Fest with us next week in uh, Boulder, Colorado. Sean Matson and, and Bruce Lee and the boys will be there. Look, kids, you, you know it's our, our favorite energy drink on the planet. Uh, Strike Force Energy. Uh, go there for all your energy needs. Uh, and again, uh, get a subscription. We've all got a subscription. Uh, same yes, with Carnivore do. Club. Yeah. It just comes every month. You don't have to think about that shit. And the next one, dude, by the way, is TartarusOrdinance.com. Uh, yes. They are also, yes. dude, I talked to Kenny Gunter today. They are also going to be doing subscriptions at TartarusOrdinance.com. So just Dude, in case somebody, I know. Because we're going to be shooting tomorrow. That's actually, my dad brought his 9 mil. We're going to be out there shooting. Uh, I, got, I got several other guns. We're going to just go out there and shoot tomorrow. That's one of the big things we're going to be doing while they're in town. So, and, of course, you know what we're shooting. Tartarus. Tartarus Ordinance. That's T-A-R-T-A-R-U-S-O-R-D-N-A-N-C-E.com. Type in the promo code Drinking Bros. You get 10% off of every single order. It's not only ha- ha- home defense ammunition, but it's also, look, if you're in a, uh, teaching a tactical class somewhere and you need 3,000 rounds of shit, 
This is this is where you go to. You go to fucking TartarusOrdinance.com and load the fuck up. With that promo code, it doesn't matter if you order 10,000 rounds. You still get 10% off, and they're dealing firearms, son. Uh, <laughs> we, and, and the next one, uh, I'm curious, Rocco. It's WarfighterTobacco.com. Did you give your father and brother any, any, any cigars tonight? We have, some, we have some sticks. We're probably going to smoke them either tonight or tomorrow night. We'll probably take some with us to, uh, to, the, to the range and have a good time. But, yeah, we definitely got them. I got those 5.56 five, on lock right now. Uh, I'm about to get some more 50 cows, man. That's the ones I, I do enjoy, and I've smoked them so fast. They're all gone now. So Yeah. Um, WarfighterTobacco.com. They're our favorite cigars on the planet. Uh, they're 100% combat veteran-owned. They are they're hand-rolled in the Dominican Republic uh, with Cubano seeds. Uh, look, real, real men smoke cigars. They don't smoke hookahs. Um, take, take that hookah and throw it out in the street. Don't fucking vape either. Don't, don't be that guy who's vaping everywhere. Smoke a cigar and get over your shit Smoke like a, a grown cigar. up. That's right. Yeah. yeah man. Get over your shit like a grown up. And while you're smoking, why don't you read the finest piece of literature ever written by the greatest writer of, of our lifetime, of any lifetime, of any fucking galaxy. I heard they found another earth. They will never find another Ross Patterson. Pick up a night she cries while he rides his steed. The first ever romance novel for dudes. It is available on Amazon, Audible, BarnesandNoble.com, Walmart. Walmart.com, finally. Uh, it is the greatest book ever. If you like the writing in Range 15, and uh, if you like Airplane or Blazing Saddles, you'll love the fuck out of this book. Uh, I don't want to say I'm a genius, uh, but I am. And that's how we'll start the show. Welcome yeah. to my genius, the Vargases. Uh, <laughs> right on, right on. How are you like- guys? Holy shit, we've heard a lot about you, especially the, the cut man, the cut man, oh. Carlos. Uh, you get Thank a lot you. of, yes, sir. You get a lot of airtime on this show. Try. I try to, you know, Vincent talks some big game for me, and that's I appreciate it. It's big time appreciated. Hell yeah. What's, uh, l- let me ask you something. What was it like uh, raising uh, Mr. Rocco and his famous rapper brother? Like, that's got to be fucking crazy. <laughs> it was. It, it, it was a task. It was a task. They were good kids. They were good grownups as they, as they became men. But it, it was awesome. You know, the, these guys, they, uh, uh, I, I, I was kind of tough on them, um, but they, they found Kinda. a <laughs> yeah, I was tough on it. <laughs> it's funny, Ross. We already, we, me and Ross already, I talked to him. I said, look, my dad's going to say they were good kids. And yeah. it's funny because I knew, I, you know, dad's not going to say. Yeah. Dad's just gonna, dad's it, didn't, it wasn't a battle. It wasn't a battle. They, they you know, they, they test me and they test, uh, they test life. And that's, that's what boys do. And, um, we, we, you know, we, we ha- I had a tight grip on them for a while, but they, they also experimented. They were, they had to get out and see the world and try the world. So as a young, as young men, they, they were in school doing their thing, playing sports, but they, uh, they branched out. They branched out. Uh, Vincent played baseball. Uh, Junior played basketball. They did their thing, and then each one had to take a little route. To the, Vincent went to uh, college to play ba- baseball, and Vincent uh, Junior started doing his rap thing. We, we, we had a little makeshift studio in the backyard, and that was crazy enough, watching the guys go back there and do some stuff. Uh, rapping and stuff, and um, um, Vincent was out playing ball and, and, and doing different things. Vincent was an independent kid. Uh, Rocco was uh, 18 years old. He had braces. His mom made him put braces on. Uh, this is just an example of the, of the independence that he had. He went at 18 years old, uh, went to the orthodontist and said, get these fucking things off of me. <laughs> um, and, and the orthodontist said, hold on, hold on. He had to call his mom. I was at work, so he called his mom and said, hey, this kid wants his uh, braces off. And she goes, what? We paid so much money for these braces. You can't do that. And she goes, well, he is 18. So, yeah, um, I guess let him take them off. And he took his <laughs> braces off. I mean, it was shit like that that, you know, it became, he started becoming independent with the baseball and the traveling and, and different things like that. He had a head of his own. He, at a young age, he became very independent. But uh, they, were, they, were, they were tough to raise, but they were good boys, as a matter of fact. They were, they were good. Well, Ross, we were raising like in the household where, where we all had manners. We all had, you know what I mean? Like we'd say, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, to our mother and father. We had a respect for anyone elder than us, you know, and, and, and that's just kind of the household we were raised. And that's kind of like, you know, I think that's we're all still like that. We all still have high respect with, with, the, with uh, manners, and that's how we raise our kids as well. But uh, it, was, it was also, I seen some of our friends, how they were raised, and we see like, man, our dad's really strict compared to some of our friends, or some of our friends were like, very it's very different in that but we 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 talked to dad about his background and it's funny to hear his stories like uh yeah I, carlos i heard you went to the school of hard knocks where your school colors are <laughs> <was>, black and <laughs> blue your school colors on the streets were black and blue that, back then was that true that was the life in the bronx where there was there they, they weren't guns they were you you manned up and you fought 
And uh, everybody had fist fights uh, plenty. By the time you were a teenager, you had several uh, good fist fights. There were several uh, tough gangs in the neighborhood. Every little, every block had a small gang. The Black Spades and, and the Reapers and the Javelins and the Turbans. So they all had their turf. Every once in a while, they'd, they'd have to get together and see who the toughest guy is. So they'd do it pretty much in front of the building that we lived in. And we'd see them coming down the hill and the other guy coming from the other side. And we'd run up to the roof. It's like the outsiders. Yeah. Was, oh, <laughs> Did you man, ever get was, mixed up in it? And we, we, I was kind of too young for that at that time. But we had to be this for the, their support. We were their, their B team, just in case. But we basically ran up to the roof, and we got to a front row seat of uh, this. Sometimes the gang would get together and say, you know what, let's, uh, let's let the warlords handle it. And the two toughest guys from the gang would duke it out, and the loser, they'd pick up their shit, and they'd leave. Sometimes, they, you know, a couple of guys get a little bit uh, too anxious, and, and they start throwing things at each other. And pretty soon, the car antennas were flying off, and they were whipping each other with car antennas and belt buckles. And, <laughs> and it, it, yes. it, it would turn in, yeah, it would turn into a full-out little rumble in front of the building, and everybody's watching this thing. And pretty soon, it would stop. The cops would show up. Everybody jump a fence and then take off. And that was the life in the Bronx, Puerto Rican gangs. Sometimes yeah, look, was- I, I wish it was still like that. We, have, you, we actually had this talk uh, a few shows back about you, you wish you could just fist fight. Instead of like drive by like a pussy, absolutely rolling down the absolutely. window and just shooting people is easy. Like anybody uh, can that, do that. Yeah, that uh, shit won't happen anymore. If they get get out of the car and say, "Let's have a fist fight," no, they want to get out of the car and shoot you. Yeah, and, 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 and like th- that there makes was, men there, exactly. There was a fair amount of respect back then, uh, from what from what I'm told from my father, where it was like, you know what, if if you got your ass handed to you, you did, but at least you fought, a- you, you you lived another day, and you can you know you could fight another day. Now, absolutely. dude, that's, that's yeah. Ross, that's just kind of what I was talking about someone the other day about my, like my kids being bullied if, if they were to be bullied. I was like, we didn't really have too many bullies our age because in, in our time, if someone was a bully, they'd get their ass whooped. And then all of a sudden, that's your best friend. And you guys are homies after that. It was, it was like if someone wanted to do something, yeah. you fought. And when you fought him, you weren't getting picked on ever again. Also, I, now he hangs out behind you and he's your mutual, you know? mutual yeah. respect. Growing up, I mean, I can't even count how many fist fights I got in that school. And it was just you fought and it was over and then you went on with your day. You know, it's, it wasn't like yeah. Nowadays, it kids are getting bullied. I'm like, yeah. why? Why you step on my white shoes, bro? I'm gonna punch you in the chops, yeah. dude. And Absolutely. It's, and, it's, and it's so weird how nowadays it's changed. I mean, I don't understand that, Ross. What do you think about that? What if your son gets picked on? Oh uh, man, I I think we you know we we touched on this earlier because I'm I'm gonna start him in karate. I, I'm not. I, I saw uh, Instagram videos of you and your kids actually sparring in the driveway today. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and I thought it was awesome. Uh, I don't have that type of, of background that you do, but uh, look, I got the money to put him in karate. Let's be, let's be realsies about it. So, um, <laughs> We've seen I, your moves in the movie. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, look, he'll, he'll be fine. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, my, my personal opinion on it is, is the same as yours, where it's like, you know, I, I also, I, I want him to go to school. I, I want him to get in fights. I want, you know, him to be a, a, a boy and grow up and to be a man and to figure this shit out on his own. Same with us. My, my biggest fear, though, is that it, that doesn't happen in today's society anymore. But I guess you won't know until you get there. Uh, it's one of those things. Well, when I saw those videos of you teaching not only your son and your daughter how to fight, I was like, oh, shit, they're going to be prepared for whatever life throws at them. Um, yeah, and- well, I mean, that, that comes from how we were brought up. I mean, me and Junior would come home and, and there'd be stools set up to spar. You and know, boxing gloves. The and- neighborhood kid. The two blo- there's two sets of boxing gloves and whoever wants to step up and after you're done with one fight, here comes the next guy, and you're going to fight him too. And it's like, holy shit. Yeah. But like, as much as I hated at the time, I realized right away in junior high, my first big fight, I was like, whoa, I'm well above the normal level of fighting compared to most of the guys my age. And that built confidence throughout the rest of my life of like, if I had to defend myself or my sister, because I had a twin sister at the time, I was willing to engage because of how I was brought up with boxing gloves in hand. I mean, at one point, we're going to wildcard gym, and I'm like, who is that white guy who's kind of crooked? You know, like, oh, that's Freddie Tell Roach. me that's like, Freddie Roach. Is it Freddie Roach? That's Freddie Roach, dude. <laughs> and had no clue about it, but that's kind of the, the upbringing eventually we, we, we end up leading into from, from when we were younger to my dad getting more into the boxing world and to the, to the cut men and then transitioning to where we're going to major gyms. That's awesome. Hey, Junior, what's the age difference between you and Rocco? Uh, five years. Five years. Did you yeah, guys ever five. get did, – did, are you five years older or younger than him? I'm five years older. Yeah, you're five years and older. Yeah, we did. So and did you did, look after yeah, him, sp- or did you guys get in any no, fights at all? No, we 
we were so far apart in age. It was so different. Like Junior was already up and doing his thing with his buddies. He he had his his little clique of friends, and I was so young that I was I was kind of the nuisance if I hung out. There was a few times he he brought me with him. Yeah, but it didn't stop us. We did spar. I've sparred my brother as a kid. The, in, when we did hang out, it was like baseball. We'd go play baseball, right. and we'd play like sports. What, maybe over the over the line. Over yeah. the line. So I would take him with us, and we'd play, you know yeah. And that's how we, we would hang out. But if my dad had boxing gloves, we'd, we'd put the gloves on and we'd box against Oh, yeah, against my dad's yelling at me like, get inside. I'm like, go where? Yeah. <laughs> <He's> kicking, <laughs> this kid's kicking my ass. Yeah, yeah dude. So, yeah, my, my, it, was a, it was a different because Junior was so much, more, so much older and I was younger. And that five years actually turned out to be it was a huge generation gap oh, yeah. for us, man. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, because you don't even you're not even going to the same high school at that point anymore. No, no, no. man, like it was completely different. No, you know? by the time he had high school, I'm already out. Yeah, he was already out, already out of the house, having a kid, and, doing, and yeah. everything. Like his life has already started. And I'm just figuring it out. And what what made you get into rap, Junior? I was just a hip hop head, just from a kid. I, I mean, from when we were younger, I was break dancing. My oh, dad, yeah. my dad, you know, we had a piece of plywood with some lin- <laughs> linoleum on it. Yep. On it. Yeah, yeah. We're in the we're in the backyard. I'm doing you know head doing, spins. Vince and- is. I'm like eight. Vince is like three, and Vince is doing head spins on his head. <laughs> and I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing back spins, and and you know, my dad and his friends are just amazed because we're just, we don't know what we're doing, but we're, yeah, we got, we're, we got, we, we caught it, you know, we caught that feeling, so we're listening to popping and well, locking dude, I, and to dude, early hip hop, and then from there, I got into uh, uh, my dad's brother uh, Rudy. He was a DJ. I kind of got into the DJing first with my first equipment, and then from there. I got real curious on how to make the beats and yeah. transition into being a producer. You started writing a lot. Started I started tagging for a little bit. So <laughs> did I mean, you really? Every, yeah, oh, every, yeah. Every every element to to hip hop. The transition. I did. He completely transitioned through it through it all. Each part of each part of hip hop. I was I did like if it came to like you know watching Beat Street and watching uh, any hip hop movies. I was listening to everything hip hop wise. But who who was your say, early influences like when you were uh, coming up? Man, I was. Uh, like the first uh, couple solo Ice Cube albums were big for me, like Killer Will. America's, America's Most, Most Wanted. Wanted. Yeah. America's Most Wanted. You went to uh, a scene of the East, East Coast, oh, East Coast as well. Was the huge Souls of Mischief, Souls Nas, of Mischief. Illmatic. All these are from I Learned from You. Yeah. Nas, uh, Fushnikins, De La Soul, Black Sheep, um, anything East Coast, Underground, I was, I was into. Um, and then the LA West Coast, I mean, yeah. Underground stuff was oh. huge too. You had like, Razkaz and um, just like dude, just yeah. a few. Uh, I was it, everything that I was out there. I was dude, it was crazy, to. Ross, because like I, my brother, you know, learning, seeing him and how he started writing at a really young age, and he, I mean, this guy would carry a thesaurus with him, and he'd have a dictionary. His vocabulary was so far beyond what I could imagine. And I'd be like, "What the hell's a thesaurus?" And and he used that to develop his raps and to, to kind of like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Back then, it was is is you know you'd use these big words and yeah. and, you, and it was you know very scientific. You're using scientific words and yeah. trying to amaze the next guy with with some of this. Do you have any? Of your you're, first yeah, you're you're dropping you know, shit off the periodic I chart. I know. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. You're trying to amaze people with you know a phosphorus and you know just words that bromide, motherfucker, bromide. So, <laughs> if, you, if you don't mind, Junior, can you kind of explain like kind of because you you were pretty close with guys like Be Real and the Cypress Hill. And yeah, you, I got to do a song with Be Real and got to you know hang out with those guys. They were they were awesome. They uh you know they so what happened for me is in you know I'm doing music and started learning how to produce and writing rhymes in high school. Uh, I through high school, some kids would get bussed in from downtown. We were in the, you know, in the San Fernando Valley. And these kids that came, they wanted to get into music. They knew uh, some other friends who was Cycle Realm. And Cycle Realm was Jack and Duke, two brothers that um, formed the group Cycle Realm. And they were discovered by um, Be Real at a, at, a, at a concert. And it just took off from there. They got a deal with Sony Columbia. Um, and then they just had us kind of under their wing, and we formed our own independent label, uh, Six Symphonies. Uh, me and my partner Cynic, we formed Street Platoon, and we just, you know, we put out at a record deal in 2005, and just independently just pushed CDs, music, T-shirts. Ross, what, what was the big, yeah, for yeah. the but for the audience, tell tell them the name of your group and how many okay, so, how many albums so you put out. We did Street Platoon album first, and that was in 2000, about 2001. And uh, Cycle Realm did three albums, and then we formed together because one of the guys, one of the guys from uh, the Cycle Realm group, uh, ended up getting shot, and he's um, that was Duke in in a you know bad, in a, in bad a, incident, yeah, a silly incident. And, and so we just kind of took both groups and formed Six Symphonies, which was also our independent label, and then we put out an album 
um, did pretty well with it. We had a good, you know, radio single that kind of took off for a little bit. And then, uh, after that, you know, I ended up just deciding to kind of step away from it and move out to Arizona and, and became a firefighter. Ross, to understand like how big they were. I mean, he was traveling to Japan. He was traveling to Spain, Italy. He was performing in all these places. And he was like, man, and I'm always like telling him like, man, what, what, why is, why isn't it big? Cause the music for me was, it, I thought it was good, you know, and it was definitely a representation of the LA culture. And so it had a huge following and even had a huge following in Japan. Has- I, you know, for us, for us, it was always just never compromising and making something that we didn't feel like was ourselves. We were, we were us three or us four or five of us that were part of it. We're always so into making underground raw hip hop. And we, you know, knowing that that could maybe, maybe never hit the radio. Yeah. But at the same time, we were staying true to what you we were doing. You want to sell out like they say. Not, I mean, those that do that, hats off to them because that's not an easy thing to do to be able to make something that's going to be played on the radio. But for us, it was, it was just, we were going to do what we did and what we liked. And if other people liked it, that, that was a plus. That's dope. And you know, so, and like, Go ahead. I'm yeah, sorry, you know, it's really funny, Junior. Uh, you know how I came to know about you and who you were? Um, How's that? We, we were in L.A. At a, at a bar one night, and a couple of fans had come up to talk to Rocco. And the, the one guy's talking to Rocco, and his buddy leans over, and he goes, yo, man, uh, what, do you, what do you want to talk to him for? And he's like, oh, man, it's fucking Rocco from Article 15 or whatever. And he goes, man, his brother's the famous one. I was like, what, what, what does his brother do? And he goes, dude, his brother's a fucking rapper, man. He's awesome. And I was like, oh shit. So after these, these two went away, I was like, Hey, Rocco, man, is your brother a fucking rapper? And he goes, oh yeah, 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 man. He's, he's done this, this, and this, and this. And I was like, oh shit. I, I can't wait to talk to him one day. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm amped here on the show. This, check this out, man. So when we, we moved to Arizona at one point. So when he started moving to Arizona, I got the military and I went to Arizona and then our daughters were playing soccer together on the team and we were on the field. And I see this Hispanic dude, like some Mexican dude, just staring at my brother. I'm thinking, oh shit, like what's this dude's problem? I tell my brother, like this dude's checking in. He goes, yeah, I noticed that too. I was like, all right, dude. And like I don't know who this guy is, what his beef is, but we're yeah. probably gonna throw down. And eventually, he kind of trickles over and goes, hey, are you crow? And just like, yeah. He goes, oh man. He goes, bro, I thought it was you. Like, what are you doing in Arizona? And it was like crazy. Like, dude, he's got fans still. Like, it's it was a trip to yeah. me to see like. My father was on TV. My brother was no, well known rapper in 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 LA and. and everywhere else but like mainly in LA people knew who he was and then I'm like man someday I want to get famous <laughs> well wild, you're, you're well on your way um at, well, how was the transition from being like you know a well-known rapper to a firefighter that, that's not you something know, you do overnight um no you know but with the music thing I always felt like I never expected anything from it so when I got to do some travel I got to put out some music I was like, I can, I can walk away from it now and I'm okay. Cause I, I never expected any of it. And, uh, so I went from the rap life, you know, of hanging out in the studio, trying to make money at it and, and the hustle to becoming a corrections officer actually before I became yeah. a firefighter, moved out to Arizona, didn't know what I was going to do. Knew I wanted to get into fire department, but I was like, until then I got, I got to, you know, pay the bills. So I became a corrections officer and I'm working in a jail almost two years before I came yeah. a firefighter. And that was an eye opener. I was like, wow. That's what got me going to corrections eventually, Ross, because I got out and he was in corrections. So I applied for several corrections jobs and I got a completely different corrections job. But we're living four houses down from each other in Arizona, both working in the same small city of Florence, doing our thing and both going to fire science classes, both going to EMT classes, both working for the same independent freaking yeah. firehouse, trying to do our thing to try and become firefighters. And at the time, I also had the job applied for Border Patrol and just kind of waiting to see what happens. He tests for Chandler and gets in. I test for Gilbert and, and Tucson and then hiring freeze for yeah. me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so he yeah. got in early and good. I got in too late and had a hiring freeze. I actually tested in my time. It was in 2006, six, about six seven. Uh, no, yeah, 2007. About, 2007. Yeah. I tested. I was the number one candidate for Tucson Fire. Out of 150 candidates, I was the number one. I had the highest um, CPAT test. At, not C, is it P, CPAT? What's it called? Yeah. CPAT yeah. test. I had the, the highest test score and the highest interview. So I'm the number one candidate out of everyone. Hiring freeze for a year. Once that year is done, they had to redo all hiring. So I got pushed out. Shit. So, yeah. So then yeah. he's he becomes a firefighter. I'm watching him go through academy. I'm like, shit, man. Like, when's my time, man? And there was all the fire departments at the time were going hiring freeze, and yeah, then so boom. Yeah. And then I get boom, the fucking border patrol calls me, man. Man, yeah. I, that's crazy. Well, I will say this, Carlos. You raised two great kids, 
Uh, well, thank you. You could have either one of them could have given up, you know, after yeah. after baseball didn't succeed, or you know, a after trying to be a fireman. Like the fact that both of them kept going, and you guys have had like amazing lives. Like holy shit. There's uh, no, there's no, there's no book you can go out and buy to be the perfect parent. You 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 do the best you can, and then try to instill some decent uh, decency into them both, into all four of my kids. I have two daughters as well. And then, you know, and you, you, it's just a trial, trial and error, trial and error. You do mistakes, but at the same time, you do some good stuff. And, and uh, I'm, I pat myself on the back because I think I did a pretty good job. My wife and I did a pretty good job with these two guys. Um, and they've, they've turned out to be really good uh, um, adults. Yeah, you know, yeah. Rob, and, Rob, and, my and, mom and dad. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Rob. No, no, no worries. Uh, look, as long as you keep them away from Matt Best, you, you've, uh, you keep, the two <laughs> keep the two daughters away from Matt Best, you're good to go in life. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I gotta agree yeah yeah i see that <laughs> so funny man crazy Matt, man Matt, matt's a big fan of uh cut man carlos man he loves watching on on tv he's our guy yeah, yeah. he definitely is what was he your what, 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 go ahead Rocco. no i was just gonna say like getting raised by like my mom and dad was like yin and yang you got my father who's fully tattooed and my mom who's not you got my dad who's kind of like a firecracker my mom who's not you know and it's this this cool balance in the household that i think was needed and, and it kind of you know, I think uh, we're, me and my brother, real close with our moms. And, you know, we know when to go with our moms for whatever issues we have to do or have to talk to. And then you have your dad when you have to talk about something different. You know, and it's just, it's a cool balance to see a family um, stay tight throughout all the years of everything we've done from my deployments to traveling to mm -hmm. everything. It's been wild, man. Yeah, I, it, it sounds wild. I, so, so your mom is soft spoken and she's... She's very laid back, very, very chill, very sweet. It's, it's funny, man. Like I said, like yin and yang, complete opposites when you see my mom and my dad, you know, and, and they fit well together. They know how, you know, they, they, it's just a, it's a cute thing to see, man. But, but yeah, definitely when you see like my mom does not do the tattoo. She, every time I get one, she says something. Where, 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 goes, where did you meet her, Carlos? Well, she came from El Paso to Los Angeles with her best friend to live with her grandmother. And I just happened to be in the Marine Corps stationed in El Toro and my brother was the manager of the apartment building and he would give me a heads up every time anybody nice looking would move into the apartment building of course yeah so so <laughs> my, my, my wife and and two friends got an apartment there and I called and checked in hey Rudy what's going on and he says oh shit you got to see this what is it goes so three nice chicks moved into the apartment I just rented an apartment to three nice chicks I said damn what so um I'm, I gotta leave this weekend I'm coming down he goes yeah yeah come on down this weekend so sure enough, we, we hooked it up. We made some um, uh, screwdrivers, a picture of screwdrivers. We sit by the pool, we're drinking screwdrivers on a Saturday afternoon, and sure enough, they come out of the apartment to go do laundry or something. He goes, hey, that's one of them, that's one of them. And I'm, and I'm looking, I'm saying hi, and blah, blah. So one thing led to another. We got to talking, and, and about a year and a half later, we're, we're walking down the aisle. Get out of here. A year, yeah, a year I'm and from a half. New, I'm, from, I'm from the Bronx, New York. She's from El Paso. We meet in L.A., craziest thing unexpected you know we're definitely like just like Rocco said we're opposites man she's a really laid back old school uh really uh, beautiful uh, mexican woman i'm a crazy puerto rican from the bronx and it just it clicked it clicked <laughs> we just we, we we just celebrated 41 years married yeah holy oh, shit congratulations yeah. that's Thank amazing it's, it's crazy it's you know it hasn't been perfect but but it has worked yeah crazy yeah, that's amazing. Congratulations. Uh, Thank you. Well, yeah, well, you know, how'd you, how'd you get into the fight game? Yeah, exactly. Well, I was going to say, like, yeah, how did you get into the fight yeah. game from she, that? And how is she cool she with like, it? Okay, from, from, she loves the boxing game as much as I do. So um, I got into the boxing team in the Marine Corps for a little bit. Then I got out of the Marine Corps, and I've been a big fan of the sport ever since. Yeah, we grew uh, So my, my, my oldest daughter, she gets married to a, a professional boxer. And she tells me, Dad, I met this guy at the gym and blah, blah, blah. Short, long story short, she said, I asked her, who is it? And she goes, uh, Jeremy Williams. I said, the name sounds familiar, but I don't know. I can't tell his face. So I looked him up and I said, holy mackerel. Shit, you, you, you're, you're dating Jeremy Williams? She goes, yeah, Dad, and blah, blah, blah. So he was doing some B-movies, but wanted to get back into boxing. And, and he comes to me one time for dinner. We invited him for dinner. And he sits with me and goes, I'm coming back into boxing, and I want you to be my cut man. I go, shit. Really? He goes, yeah. And he goes, uh, seriously, you're a medic? And and now uh, you can help me in the corner and blah, blah. I come to the gym tomorrow. I started training already. Let the, my coach will, will give you some corner et ethics, uh, how to behave in the corner, what the hell to do in the corner. And, you know, I met his coach and, and I started working with them. And the first thing the coach says, listen, I, this is my corner. So when we're in the corner, you shut the fuck up. You don't say shit. 
I said, all right, that's a good lesson. <laughs> uh, so that, that was my first lesson well, well, to cut me well, off. I'll quick, shut the fuck up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> real quick, let me, let me back it up. Like, dude, we, the family would sit down to watch boxing. Yeah, like, I was we've, say seen, that. we've seen Arto Gotti, Hagler. one, two, and three. We've seen, ha- yeah, Hagler, Tyson. Ray. We, sat, we had to sit down and watch these fights. My mom would be washing dishes. My dad would be like, Alice, Alicia, stop it. Get over here. And she'd have to stop doing the dishes, come there, and we'd sit down and watch these fucking fights, you know? Yeah. And I'm running to get the beers from my dad's and hoping I didn't miss a knockout by early and, 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 on. And those, and those fights, those early fights were on NBC. Yes. You know, they were yeah. on TV. So you're sitting there. We're, we sat there and watched Everything. early Sugar Ray, Hagler, boxing, It's a boxing Hearns. family. Boxing family. Yeah, good was, sport. Yeah, we sat, I'm talking our sisters had to sit down and watch it. Like, we sat there. And, and so that's where the love of the fight game came from us early on. And then it was just a coincidence, like, Holy shit, my sister's dating a professional boxer. Yeah. And if you know my dad, he kind of mentors a lot of these boxers. He's like the father figure to them that they can go to, like the shoulder to cry on, the guy to talk to, the, the, the mentor, the, the one with advice. The, the advice. And yeah. so once my dad kind of gets in good with the boxer, usually they hold on to him because he has that aspect that everyone kind of like, man, everyone needs it. A, a fighter needs that kind of person. And so Jeremy right away looked up to my dad and was like, hey, man, I'd love to have you in my corner. And then we can go to Jeremy's first fight if you want to talk about that one. Back, oh. First first fight back. So I'm, so I'm working the corner, Dross, uh, and, and, and I'm getting my bucket ready. After they introduce the fighters, I, I, we come down the stairs. I'm getting my bucket ready, and the coach is pulling me. Let's go, let's go. And I go, what happened? He goes, it's over. I looked up 28 seconds. 28 seconds is fucking knockout, and I didn't get to see it. I missed it. <laughs> the, 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 guy, the guy is laid out, and Jeremy's got his hands up, and I'm thinking, what happened here, man? I'm just fixing my bucket, and I look down for a second, and the guy's knocked out. Missed the whole fight. I missed the whole fight. the whole fight. The whole damn thing. So first, it was, yeah, it was, it was crazy. My corner. first time. My first time was a cut man, and I missed the corner. I missed the fight. Do I still get paid? Oh, I absolutely <laughs> did. <laughs> so, we're, so we're having beer, correct? Yeah, yeah. So, so we're drinking, and I got paid. So from then on, I mean, Jeremy got cut a couple of times. It was seen on TV that I could stop the bleeding, and the phone hasn't stopped ringing since. Well, the, another big thing that was the contender. The contender, oh, yeah. yeah. Contender oh, yeah, 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 with yeah, Stallone. Yeah. And, uh, four, four, with Stallone and Sugar Ray. Sugar Ray, four seasons, yeah. Yeah, four seasons yeah, of so that. So he was on four seasons of that, and he also from there jumped on to Bully Beatdown on as MTV, well. On MTV, yeah. there was a Bully Beatdown, uh, three seasons of that. It was a lot of fun doing that. Um, I did a lot of uh, MMA uh, team. There was an IFL, International Fight League. Yep. I, did, I was a cut man for them. There was a Pro Elite. Pro Elite was another MMA uh, with Gary Shaw. Affliction? You did the Affliction shows? Affliction shows. So it just, you know, you get seen on TV that you can stop the bleeding and and the phone doesn't stop ringing. It's just one thing after another. I'm supposed to leave, as a matter of fact, on the 8th to uh, Liverpool to work with BJ Flores for a title fight this coming October. No shit. That's awesome. Oh yeah, so just it's just he's gone. He's gone everywhere. It's crazy. It's it's taking me. I have to ask you, like, set of all the fights you've 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 been in the corner for, what is the one fight to me that would for you that was like probably the most epic? Like, man, this is where I've wanted to be, or something like that. That kind of like it's it wasn't a very big fight, but it was an epic fight for this fighter, Pablo Cesar Cano from Mexico, fought Pauli Malinaji in Brooklyn. It it was a for title for Pauli's title for for a, a welterweight. Uh, that's a big Paulie, deal, Paul Imaginati. He was, yeah, that's a huge name, and yeah. it was in Brooklyn, his hometown. The the the, uh, the Barclays Center was packed. Um, we sustained the cut in the second round. Opened his eye, the eye right above the eyebrow. Second round, I'm going in there every round, sticking that Q-tip in there and stopping the bleeding and and, and trying to work that fucking cut. And we went the whole distance. We went 12 rounds, knocked him down in the 11th, and hurt him in the 12th. We didn't get the decision which we should have, but. For that kid, that kid has not let me forget that. He has sent me emails and texts. That I want to thank you again for this guy. And he's fighting again um, November 28th, I think it is, at the Fantasy Springs. This kid always calls me from Mexico City. Are you available? I need you in my corner. I need you in my corner. Just for that one fight. That, 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 I remember those, that fight, by the way. I watched that fight. I'm a, huge, I'm a huge boxing fan. I watched that fight on TV. People were booing the decision afterwards. Yeah, absolutely. You're right, Ross. That's exactly right. They were yeah. booing the decision. And, and, they were, and in, his, in his hometown, they were booing Pauly. And it was like, oh, Very sh-. true. Yeah. And if, it's, and if that's my thing, if I can st- keep the kid in the fight, that, that defines me. That, that's what I try to do. There's other fights that I've heard the backstories to, like uh, the Mayweather-Ortiz, you know? Mayweather-Ortiz. My father was in the corner of Ortiz, and, and at the end of the fight, you know, Ortiz was real disappointed in himself, and my father's the only one in the, in the locker room with him, and they're just kind of talking, and my dad's just kind of like, look, me, you know, like, 
You have to keep you, you know, it's done, it's done. You made a mistake. Turn the page. That was a, that was a weird fight. Ortiz never that came back crazy. after that. Um he never well, came he, back strong. He, yeah, I mean, he came yeah. back, but 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 he's never getting but a big But he wasn't fight the same. Again. He wasn't as good. Never, and right. uh and it was that one weird shot. Since you were in the corner of that, because that was a really infamous fight. Uh right. what what happened? Why did he have his hands down? What happened with that night was Mayweather's got a real, real tricky defense, and he picks up his elbow and he taps you in the face when the ref doesn't see it. And he came back to the corner, and I'm looking at Victor's face, and I'm asking the coach, what the hell just happened? How, why is his eye swelling? I haven't seen Mayweather hit him. And Victor looked at me and goes, he's hitting me with his elbow. That motherfucker's hitting me with the elbow. So he was really frustrated. And so as he, he leaned into Mayweather, he had the chance, and he, boom, he took the shot. He gave him a headbutt. But very, very obvious, uh, obvious. Yeah. Head, but that that the whole world saw, and the referee had none, no, no, you know, no, had no other choice but to take a point away. And while he was talking to the timekeeper, Mayweather took advantage of that and said, because the the referee did say, "Yep, time fight," and May, and Victor didn't hear that. Mayweather did. Mayweather took advantage of that and boom, boom. Yeah, he knocks him out. Put him down. Yeah. What a heartbreaking fight for yeah. me to watch was because like we were huge fans of. Of Ortiz, the kid was a rising star, and uh, there was always already question of his heart at the time. But then it's like, man, this kid's doing well, and he actually was just bum rushing. He was he was, he was manhandling. Well. He was doing well. Shit, he was kicking his ass a little bit, and then he lost his mind. I thought he, he I thought he had the best fight plan against Mayweather against, from that point on. After after Ortiz, I thought he had the best plan. Yeah, and and then from there, obviously, he lost his mind, and then he didn't defend himself when he needed. Absolutely to. not. So. You you don't foul Mayweather and then stand that close trying to hug him. Yeah. Yeah. Big mistake. I, 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 I'm, man, I'm torn on the Mayweather situation. Because, you know, look, he is 49 and 0. Some people say he's the greatest. I don't feel that way. Um, but I'm, not, not, he, I'm also I, not opinion, as close to it as you are. What's your, what's your feeling? He's not the greatest, but he is a, a, a great defense man. He is a defensive genius. He does have a really... I, yeah, I think you can't consider yourself the greatest when you dodge fights. I right. think he knows who he can fight. He, he, picks, knows, he knows his skill set. He knows who he doesn't want to face. It's like, very calculated, yeah. Right, and so, so he's smart as fuck. And you yeah. know what? When you have that power, you can choose whoever the fuck you want to yeah. fight. And that's what's terrible about that. The, the freaking uh, uh, commissioners, they don't imply their power on him and say, no, you have to fight number one. Right. You have to fight number two. They say, who do you want to fight, Mayweather? Right. And because of the money talks and all that bullshit. So they let him fight whoever he wants instead of... Uh, yeah, and I don't think having an undefeated record makes you the greatest no, fighter. No, absolutely not. At all. not. If you look at right now, there's fighters that are very close to his, that record, of, or not even a record, but being almost 49-0 and 0 too. Like well, Chocolito. Yeah. Chocolito's like in the 40s yep. and, and he doesn't, hasn't lost. So that's... Well, well, think, that, think about half the Mexican fighters that come up with 30 fights, but... Who the fuck? Who have they fought? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know Mayweather, I mean, great fighter, uh, unbelievable Cesar fighter. Chavez didn't lose till he had like nine, almost ninety fights. Right, right, right. and right. But, but I, but I do think that Mayweather was a great, is a great fighter, was a great fighter, and just defensively genius. Yeah, exactly what I say. You He's know, a defensive genius, and and fought it the way he wanted to fight. It was like I'm not gonna, why am I, I'm not gonna get hit. No, he's you, probably the best businessman in boxing. Yeah, so many yeah. people. Th- do, so many do you people think try he'll to come imitate- back? For that 50, by the way? Do you think he'll come yes. back for 50 now? Yes. I do believe he will come back for one more. Um, how how much gotta... time, though, can he afford to take off at this point? Because it's been over a year now. He's in the training. He's in the gym. Yeah. He he's is. in the gym. I hear from people in Vegas saying he's, uh, he's definitely in the gym. He's, he, he does not. People think that he's a party or a drinker. It's all a, it's all a facade. He does work out, and he does not party like people think he does. It's all a show. He's really a really a, takes care a of his fucking, body. He's a fucking genius when it comes to pissing motherfuckers off. He's the guy you love to hate. Yeah, yeah. like I hate him, and then the rest of the people love him. And now, so, like now, you have every fucking fan oh, paying for the ticket. Everybody right. wants to see you, Ross. Yeah. I, Ross, I work with another kid named Keith Thurman, and we've Keith Thurman's. Ooh, he's been one time, one time. He's been asking. <laughs> he's been asking for, for for Mayweather. Mayweather dodged him until he retired. He said, No, 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 no. Not, yeah. not yet, not yet, not yet. The kid's too green. He kept saying uh, Thurman's too green. No, Thurman's too young. No, he doesn't have enough experience. Ross, Who, yeah, Keith, yeah, all kinds of bullshit. Keith Thurman is now a household name in our family. He's he's a he's a friend. He he's he's been close with all of us, and we go to as many of his fights Fight, as we can because him. he yeah. is fucking exciting. Yeah. And how many fucking people try and dodge this dude? People, half the people don't. If you're not a boxing fan, you're really probably not going to know his name yet, right? 
Yeah. When you start to, when you see this fucking dude, he oh, he is dangerous. He doesn't turn down anybody. Exciting fighter, good person, and type of person you pull for and you yeah. support. He's a little badass. He really is. Can, can, let me ask you this: Can anybody beat Triple G right now? Is the question? No. Fuck no. And that and and the hundred and sixty pound. No. I think I no. think nobody can beat him. I think he's probably the best fighter in boxing right now. And there's and I'm amazed by him, Kovalov and Lomachenko. Three great Roman fighters. Lomachenko is dope. It's crazy, but, man. But look at these guys. Amateur records, 300 plus amateur Oh, yeah, amateur that's European fights. style. That's it's, European style. It's unbelievable. Triple but, G is, uh, to me, in my opinion, the best fighter. What Triple G has done even better is being able to reach to the crowd. Like, that's huge, man. Like, look, oh, at, yeah. man, you can be an exciting fighter, but no one wants to go see you. No one gives a fuck, right? Because money is the game. Even, yeah. even, in his la- even in his last fight against Brooks, I mean, he... He didn't, he didn't look, look that his good. best. No, but still, I mean, you're talking. He didn't look his best, and he's still knocking. I mean, and he's, he's still, still rocking his fucking yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And he took a lot of blows, and yeah. he didn't. Get, he didn't look hurt. No. And the same time, in the end, he has the crowd, yeah. man. And like, right. listen, what pays these guys is selling those fucking seats. And if you can do that, you're you're a big ticket for anyone. Oh, like Mexicans want to see him beat Canelo. Mexicans yes. want to beat him. They want to <laughs> see that. <laughs> It's it's the fight. It's the next biggest fight that's coming. Yeah, oh, it's got to be, man. Yeah, I, but be. I don't. I don't think there's no way Mayweather will touch that fight. He'll no. not not no. triple G, not no. triple G. This, he's too no. big. He's too oh, big anyway no. for Mayweather. And uh, but but I would I would pay any amount of money to see him fight Canelo though. Uh, oh, it's gonna happen. That's that's it's, probably the biggest fight left in the game at this so. point, right? I agree. Yep. I agree. Yeah. So so let me ask you this: uh, since we're all huge boxing fans, we'll start with you, Junior. Who is your yep. favorite boxer of all time? That's a tough one. I was I did like uh, Hearns. I thought Thomas Hearns, and that's an, that's an the old hit man. Fighter. Yeah, I thought he was. I thought he was smooth. I th- I just thought all his battles with Hagler and and Sugar Ray. I thought he was just smooth. And I thought being tall compared to the other fighters, I thought the way that he carried himself, and I just I don't know. He was just he was one of my top fighters. What about you, Rocco? Man, that's tough. Like, just in recent years, I've been I've been big on watching Triple G and Thurman, you know. But like, Triple G to me has been probably one of the most impressive fighters. Like, Nomenchenko, the one you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. He's insanely yes, he is. awesome. But you know what I love to see is these amateur fighters that have the body shots from hell, right? Like, how important is that? And it's missing in boxing. And the fact that these guys with these huge amateur backgrounds are throwing these body shots, I love seeing that. That to me is an exciting fighter. And so Triple G to me, I think all around. Is the most exciting fighter to watch, and anytime he's fighting, I have to see it. So right now, that is my favorite fighter, uh, if you can say of all times. I would say I would go back to De La Hoya was one of my favorite growing up mm-hmm. watching. De La Hoya. Ah, at the time, okay, yeah. You couldn't. I couldn't get up to grab a beer for my dad without missing a fucking knockout. I'm like shit, because our our fridge was in the backyard, so I'd run and grab it, and like, oh shit, I missed it. Yeah. <laughs> one exciting exciting yeah. fighters to watch when it, he fought Mayweather. Yeah. I Even Mayweather's dad was like, "Oh shit!" Uh, you know, I almost, I almost want to. I like, I like, like I said, you I want like to counter that. Right? I want to counter that. But <laughs> the other, the, the other fighter that left such an impression. I mean, it, it, we Tyson was. Oh god, what, Ty- Tyson, Tyson's yes. mine. Tyson's the mine. beast. Yeah, the beast. so I'll let you talk about Tyson. Mm-hmm. But but he was. It was a day that I won't forget. The day that he lost. It, Dude, I went like, to school almost crying, like, <laughs> That weird let's, Buster let's Douglas Ralph. fight in Japan. Uh, oh, yes. My, yeah. my, mine, mine is Tyson as well, and I, I enjoy boxing. Look, I, I love the sport of boxing, but I also enjoy the spectacle of it. Um, I like the, oh, the, yeah. the showmanship of it, and I, there was never a more ex- exciting time in sports in my life to me than, than when Ty- Tyson fought. I mean, the world yeah, stopped. Uh, pay-per-view oh, was super expensive. Yes, um, it was, we, it was $20, and like, who the hell could afford that? Yeah, we, you, you would we, go to somebody's house. So you'd, yeah, you, you, mm-hmm. you would go to somebody's house. It would become an event. Uh, you know, you would all gather up at your buddy's house to watch Tyson fights. Um, and you knew they weren't going to last longer than a minute. No, and and, and, you, but you, you do, saw you all the celebrities. Everybody was dressed up. You saw the you glamour. And you, yeah. you would, you're, you're upset if you get like around six or around seven. You, you know you lost. <laughs> You know, you're doing this poll. <laughs> yeah, for, if you didn't what, get first round, round or second. Yeah, we, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you get round one or round two, you're like, okay, I might win this. Yeah, I got a shot tonight. Yeah. <laughs> round 12? Uh, no, I'm not winning this. Here, keep my money. Oh, yeah, man. but, that, but that, that's what I enjoyed about it. And that's what, uh, to me, has been missing, uh, I guess, recently until, I, until Triple G. Uh, to me, Triple G, I, I didn't hear about him. You know, I was probably late to the game on him. But with Tyson, it was just so much fun. And again, the world stopped. You all got together and it became an event, like a community Absolutely. event where it was like, 
you know, the next day at school, all your parents were talking about it. Their friends were you know, talking about it. You know what I think, Ross, would also add to that? Like, they were heavyweights. For some reason, that heavyweight has the appeal. Like, they're the kings of the oh, king. Yeah. Right? yeah. Like, and so these heavyweights that are explosive like that, that you haven't seen a heavyweight since him. It, well, Holyfield was pretty cool to watch, but he was the heavyweight that kind of ended it all for heavyweight. He, he the was the true definition of right. Yeah. He was the knockout power Ali of our generation. Muhammad right. Ali of our generation. Yeah, exactly. Basically. He Serious, left that. Um, just knockout power, just just brute. Oh, scary. Yeah. You see a guy like that coming at you, he's like, Fuck. oh yeah, coming out <laughs> black, black shorts, yeah. black shoes, oh, you just like, no, oh, no socks and a, no and a socks, socks, towel, no, a white yep. towel, a with towel, a, hole a towel with a hole in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> didn't even have a robe. He gets there. What the fuck? Who's this guy? Does he even give a shit? Fuck. <laughs> Robin, even, Robin even, Givens was ringside. It, it was didn't even work. It was an exciting time I, to be alive. Yeah. God damn it! Didn't even work up a sweat. I You're letting know. him off death row to fight? What's yeah, going I know, on? dude. Like what? So, Dad, who was yours at of all time? For, for me, there's two: Wilfredo Benitez from Puerto Rico and um, um, Julio Cesar Chavez. Oh, Julio, he nah, fought, Cha- he fought. Dude, Chavez was awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. Never turned anyone down. Fought everybody. When his coach brought him from Mexico, his mom cried. And uh, she said, uh, uh, don't take him. She says, I'll bring him back when he loses. He didn't lose, so I think he had 92 fights. Uh, That's and then, So, that, you know, he never went back. I, I, you know what I hate about their, the family is that the son kind of tarnished the name. I know. That's, I was oh, just going to say oh, that. Terrible. He's smoking terrible. weed before and they after both? fights. and it's uh, out, of, yeah. uh, out of shape. He's missing weights. He's fucking a, yeah, he's he, a lazy yeah. turd. He's got Junior and he's got uh, Omar. They're both, neither one of them are nothing like their dads. God, man. And you, I tell you what, it's got to be hard to be in that shadow. But at the same time, it's like, if you tried harder, right? If you he could have gotten out of it. Yeah. yeah. That, oh, yeah. That, that, if he showed some professionalism. Because it. yeah. it's not like he's bad. The guy is heavy as he's lazy. Hands. He's lazy. He's he lazy. likes to yeah. smoke pot. That's why, that's why Freddie Roach had to go to there, to the house to train him. He wouldn't come to the gym because he wanted to smoke weed and he wanted the media to catch that. Oh, shit. Whatever. Man. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, that, that is crazy. So who, who was your favorite? Uh, Carlos? For me, it was uh, Wilfredo Benitez and, and Julio Cesar Chavez combined. Both of those were my favorite fighters of all time. And who do you think would have won out of the two of them had they gone head to head? I think Julio Cesar Chavez would have beat Wilfredo Benitez. He's that grind, man. Yeah, it's that grind. Cesar Chavez it's had a, that grind. It's a Puerto Rican versus Mexico yeah. challenge. It's, I was going to say the same thing. That's, yeah. we, we've, we've had that for, remember, uh, Trinidad de la Hoya. Oh, yeah. yeah. Every, every time. That's so, so our house would be divided, Ross. Our house would be divided because my mother's Mexican and my father's Puerto Rican. Everyone's a boxing fan. Then you got two, a Mexican and a Puerto Rican like, well, shit. Who are I'd, we going for? Yeah. I'd be punching myself. <laughs> <laughs> My left hand's fighting the other one, and we're just fucking beating each other up. I hate Was you. anybody yeah. really, though, going for Trinidad out of L.A? Like, when I, when we I was were, living dude. there, Dale was a hero I, was a Trinidad, I had man. to. I got a Puerto Rican flag on my chest because I told my wife, if Puerto Rico wins, I'm putting a flag on my chest. <laughs> and she goes, you're not, she, she thought, you're not going to get the flag. Because Cosa De La Hoya is going to win. She and was he, a big De La Hoya fan. Yeah. Oh, man. She's a huge Pretty boy. De La Hoya fan. Yeah. Huge De La Hoya fan. Until we seen his picture in High Heels. Yeah. <laughs> the fish, the fish yeah. now. The fish the, now. Is that Photoshop? No, 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 that was real. That was real. That was real. real. Oh, real. real. And, it, and it was forgotten real quick. Too. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. Wow, I, I, dude. Look, I didn't forget. Uh, to yeah. me, when I saw that picture, it was, it was like 9-11. I never forgot. Um <laughs> It was De La Hoya with lipstick That's on, bullshit. fishnets, yeah. high heels. For, for me, it was, yeah, the was fishnet didn't work for me. I was like, well, that guy likes to party. <laughs> yeah. Dude, yeah, hey, true. Ross, when we were in San Antonio, I was trash. My dad got me front row seats, and I'm watching these boxing. And he walked by, and I reached out and grabbed him. And my buddy took a picture, and I'm holding him saying, like, you know my dad. <laughs> he just looked at me like, holy shit. Well, his bodyguard is my dad's buddy. So my dad's buddy goes to my dad and like, yeah, your son's a little drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Your so son's had a few. You know, he's had, he's had a few. So it's such an ama- amazing thing. Where like, if I'm at the fire station and I'm telling guys that we're watching a boxing match, I'm like, "That's my dad." And they're like, "Bullshit, that's not your dad." Yeah, I'm like, I've had a lot of people. Yeah, well, it's just seriously. I that's was my talking dad. to Jeremy Horn in Salt Lake City. I was like, "I was like, oh yeah, my dad's coming." He's like, "Oh yeah, what's his name?" I was like, uh, "Coming, coming." He goes, "Oh shit, that's your dad." And I'm like. Fucking weird, man. Yeah. Like this Jeremy Horn's well known. One of the he eight. was he was one of the coaches for the IFL. There you go. That's much because he is a, a Hall yeah. of Famer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. MMA, man. I got a I got a funny story. I was in LA visiting, hanging out with the guys that I did music with, Jack and Jack and Richie, and we went to the ESPN bar downtown, and we're sitting there grabbing grabbing some food, and Sugar Ray Leonard's about. 50 feet away from us signing autographs for a book. Yeah. And we're like, that's cool. There's, there's Sugar Ray Leonard. So we're just kind of like, that's cool. Next thing you know, 
dad's walking up <laughs> and sh- and shaking Sugar Ray Leonard with the hug. And I'm like, that's my dad. <laughs> and, and Jack and Rich are like, that's your dad and Sugar Ray Leonard hanging out. I'm like, and they're hugging it out. Yeah, I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> so funny, man. I, you know what, dude? I, I would love it one day to see you get into the Boxing Hall of Fame as a cut band. It would be, I think that would be one of the most epic things. Oh, yeah. I would, I would love that. Yeah, that'd be the final closing statements of Absolutely. the, the boxing oh, yeah. career for everyone, man. That would be amazing. Uh, and, and, and before before I let you out of here, I, I, got, I could talk to you guys all night. Um, I, Carlos, I got one question for you. Yes, sir. This keeps popping up recently. Do you think uh, the, the, the recent success of the UFC has, has taken over boxing? Um, you know, guys like Conor McGregor, it's, where you have big personalities, and, and Ronda Rousey. It ha- it, it, what happens in boxing is that it gets dirty sometimes. Uh, but the UFC has taken over a lot of boxing fans, but not, not the real diehards. The real diehard boxing fans are forever going to be boxing fans. And there's, there's a lot of love in the sport. Um, UFC, no doubt, is taking some of our fans away and everything, but it, I think it's a, I think it's a fad. I think MMA is is a fad, and down the road, <laughs> down the road, it may fade away, um, may not be as popular as it is now. It, it's strong. It's definitely strong now, and it's definitely um, got a, a lot, a lot of fans. But as the history of boxing is a lot of thing, a lot of things have come and gone, and boxing's still there. Um, not sure if that's going to happen with MMA. It may be around for a while or it may just fade away. In my opinion, I think maybe 20 years from now, it won't be as popular and boxing will still be around. But that's just me. Uh, then boxing, uh, yeah. a boxing guy. I would like uh, to this, rebuttal on that. Yeah, this, is, this is Junior. And for the record, I don't, I don't agree. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the same. I'm like, I do not agree. I don't, I, I don't, I don't agree with kicked, this message. I don't want to get kicked in the face. Yeah. Yeah. I heard, hey, your, fa- I heard your family doesn't like UFC. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot of MMA friends, Randy. I'm sorry, my dad said that. No, no. dude, it's all good. It's funny, man. So, so boxing, you have to understand, boxing is in my father's blood. It's in his heart. So I understand. No, I get, I get it. I understand. I just wanted to hear it from, from his mouth. You know. I know it's. And so here's what I think, man. I was like, here's the reality of it: is go get an amateur boxer. No, excuse me. Let's say go get a small time pro MMA fighter and see what he gets paid, and go get a boxer with his first professional boxing and see what he gets paid when you can match those up it's it's unreal your first time fighting as a pro in 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 a in a fight in mma you would get three to five hundred dollars show up you get 300 to win you get another 300 or five to five in a boxing match as your first ever fight you can get a thousand to two thousand to show a thousand to two thousand to win so understand that the money alone in boxing and mma still do not nearly match up uh, just look at Mayweather's fight. Mayweather's fight. Excuse me, my head said I just I got excited and I messed it all up. But Mayweather's fights and what he's getting in his fights compared to Conor McGregor, they're starting to get close to matching. Uh, yeah, they're starting. I, they're starting to get close. But your undercards, your smaller guys, man, not even near close, yeah. man. You have to be the main event to make that big money. Yeah, sure. In boxing, dude, if you're on televised, you're making good fucking money. Three fights a year, you're a half millionaire, dude. Right, and then so I think the money hasn't matched up yet. There's so much more money in boxing still, but some of the main events in MMA and UFC are fucking starting to get close as fuck. I think they're two worlds that can exist, and they're two different things. I think you know boxing has yeah. its fans, and it's and it's exciting for those that you know know boxing. Yeah. But I think UFC is just as exciting, and I think has yeah. it has its place, and it's gonna. I think. Well, it's funny because be- we because we're a family that can say that. Like, yeah. We're boxing, and then when MMA started, we me and Dad sat and watched the first UFC one and yeah. UFC two, and was like, "Holy shit, this is brutal." Oh yeah. And then we started getting bigger, and we started watching it more, and then the family started watching it more, and still, me and Junior probably watch more than my dad does because my dad's still a boxing, boxing loving man. We watch the MMA more yeah. often. And to see, like, I can still divide the two. Like, I watch my boxing on Friday nights, sure. and yeah. I watch my UFC on Saturday oh, yeah. nights. You know, and yeah. it's because I, I find, I guess, I can respect both in the in, in, Same in, here. in what they do, man. I can, I mean, just watching what what these guys are doing in the UFC, just oh, MMA my. fighters in yes. general, amazing, amazing you can't, yeah, that that I, they the, the the disciplines that they balance all the different disciplines. It's it, it's like a, it's mixed them. martial yes, arts, like is. the the eight different arts they it, can be perfect. I mean, it's, perfect it's, at. <laughs> it is it is the closest thing to to being in an alley fight. Yeah, the best street fighters, uh, best street fighters in the world. Yeah, basically, it's like you're you're in a street fight. You can do anything you want. Let's do it. Yeah, and then it doesn't. I saying. mean, pretty much. It's yes, yeah, so so close to that. Yeah, and then here's the funny thing: is like 
Nowadays, though, you can't even fucking fight a dude at the bar because you don't know if he's a fucking trained killer. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. True. It's, it's so different because so, uh, hey, before then, Hell yeah. before then, there's very few boxers in this world. Now, it's a cult following. Everybody's Everyone a, has trained something in their fucking life oh, yeah. nowadays. Yeah. And so it's like, like it's well, all good, bro. It's all good, bro. Yeah, yeah. No, it's yeah. cool, bro. It's cool. Let me buy you a shot. Yeah. yeah. I see your ears. Yeah, yeah, fuck you. Yeah, yeah. All you got to do is look me. for that cauliflower, you know? Yeah. That's right. Put your beard down and go home. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool, bro. Grab my girl's ass. It's fine. Well, hey, on that go. note, I gotta go. we're going uh, to get to the, the, other the, the drinking bro of the week. Uh, speaking yeah. of grabbing your beers and going home, uh, <laughs> this one was submitted by uh, Travis Speedy. Uh, I like that last name. Never heard that before. Uh, maybe, maybe it's Dutch. Uh, anyways, Travis says, uh, gentlemen, it is of the highest honor that I recommend these two for code drinking bro and broette of the week. Uh, Captain Dario Lorenzanetti and SPC Brittany Gordon were members of a multinational intelligence team. Uh, it is approaching the four year anniversary of their death. Uh, cheers. Cheers to, uh, the drinking bro and broettes of the week. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Travis, for, uh. For submitting it, and thank you for listening to the show, uh, Carlos. Uh, I want to commend you on raising uh, two excellent sons. Uh, we love Rocco to death, and uh, it's been a pleasure, Junior, getting to to, to know you and uh, and hearing from you tonight. So thank you right for on, stopping Ross. by. Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah. yeah I uh, uh, this was a this was a great show. Um, it was this was a, a blast. So thanks for stopping by. And on that note, I am Ross Patterson. This was the Vargas family tonight. Uh, yeah. And you are yeah. listening to Drinking Bros. Go to drinkingbrospodcast.com for all your sweet teas and uh, get yourself submerged in the Drinking Bros world. Thanks for for stopping by every every night. Uh, we love you, kids. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.